1: Listen and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look
0: forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels in. from town to town. There's so much I got to see. I got to look around. I got diesel smoke a rolling. From two chrome stacks, my address is 408-414. Big Blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going.
1: Do we have a special treat for you today? We have Joe Arview and Tony Mack McMullen. And we, some of you know, and some of you may not know, that Tony Mack passed away Memorial Day 2016. What a dynamic speaker Tony Mack was, and and his messages are still some of the most requested CDs that we have. We send out free CDs to Whosoever. Anybody that calls and asks for a free CD, we send them to them free of charge. So here is that service that we had with Joe Arview and Tony Mac McMullen.
2: I'm used to people being with me. Are you with me? I'm with you, right. buddy. I'll, let's go. You know, like, I have decided, to follow, Bye. Bye. I have decided to follow Jesus. Bye. I have decided. Turning back, no turning back, no nun go with, no nun go with me, I still will follow, and though none go with me, I still will follow. No none go with me, I still will follow, no turning back. Cross, I cross out, carry until I see Jesus. My cross out, carry until I see Jesus. I cross out, carry until I see Jesus. No turning back. two of them over there that know, know how to do that, amen? amen, amen. How about oh, how I'm going to do a song that uh, I don't kinda of like the Lord is laying on me to sing this one right now. Um, I grew up in a well I didn't really grow up in church, but I went to church. I was one of them who went on Easter and Christmas and and when grandma would come by and say go to church, that kind of thing. But I, I remember old time Baptist. Anybody in here a Baptist? Old time Baptist. All of them. You're all well yeah. I bit. I can understand that. But old-time Baptists, uh, the new-time Baptists have grown a little dead, I think, maybe. I don't know. I can say that because I am one. That, But the old-time Baptists, I remember people shouting. That's where we learned how to shout was from the Baptists, amen. <laughs> but uh, I wrote a song a long time ago about an old man in the back row. And would come in church and all alone by himself living in a little old shack and but he'd shout and say amen and I miss him. He wasn't old man living in a time one room shack. Went to church on Sunday, hovered amen from the back. And every time they'd ask him that he would sing a song too. At the drop of a hat He would testify for you Now the old man loved good preaching And he loved to say amen A two week long revival Wasn't long enough for him But he'd sit there in that pew Just as long as you would stay Just waiting for his chance to stand up and say I'm gonna praise the name of Jesus yeah. till the day they take me home I walk those streets in heaven sure won't be long there's a mansion waiting for me when I leave this old shack and you're all just gonna have to do about the amen from and one Sunday morning, something seemed to miss But I knew someone was missing, so I started down my list and there's Sister Martha, and Brother Bill, the even Brother Jack And then I realized I didn't hear that old amen Now the preacher told his story How the night before he died Must have been a band a band of angels To usher him inside And he's a living in a mansion now Instead of that old shack And there may not be much preaching there But there's an amen from the back amen. He said I'll praise the name streets in heaven but sure won't be long but there's a mansion waiting for me when I leave your soul shack, and you're all just gonna have to do without the amen from the back we're all gonna miss that old amen from the back Lord I sure do miss him
3: Amen from the Well, I could listen to that all day. Uh bless my heart. Joe's got a heart, you can tell that. He loves the Lord, he loves Jesus and and that bleeds out of him. Joe, where are you from? Where was your uh where 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 was that old pop, that old tub sitting on the <laughs> West Frankfort, Illinois. West Frankfort, Illinois. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, that if you had that, then you had it was it was about fifty yards outhouse, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Amen. Right. Amen. We've lived in some places like that. Amen. And and I remember those things. Christmas seemed more special then. There's some things that I like that changed like. What you're talking about, and and you know, use no uh, Sears and Roebuck catalog for 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 toilet paper, Amen, and, and and stuff like that. But ain't you glad you got Charmin now, Amen, <laughs> Hallelujah, and and I can think of those things. But there was some things back then. We didn't have all the advertisement and. The guy in that big old red suit didn't take up everybody's thinking or everybody's time, and everyone knew the real meaning of Christmas. Amen. I miss those things. I miss the family all gathering around on Christmas morning. I, when I was when I was young, Candy and I had our kids. I, it seemed like I loved Christmas more than the kids did. I'd be up four o'clock in the morning drove crazy why can't the kids get up i guess because of the memory of christmas i had when i was young and the special time that it was and i just wanted to be special for the kids and and i remember going candy and i didn't have a lot of money but i'd go buy them little dollar gifts maybe you know the things you throw and it sticks to the wall or bubbles uh that you know bubbles at christmas and I'd feel the, and, and Candy would say, let's just put these in the stock. And I said, no, let's wrap them and put them under the tree and we'd wrap 37 presents apiece for, of these dollar presents. I mean, I, and and it was so awesome because the kids would, they loved those and they still talk about those little cheap dollar presents that daddy used to buy. And, and uh, I just couldn't wait to get up and, and I, Candy would tell me, will you please go to sleep? <laughs> And 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 when daylight come, that was time for the kids to get up. I thought that's when I got up, they couldn't keep me in bed. When that daylight broke, man, I knew that the Christmas presents was in there and it was time. And so I would try to wake them up, man, and they'd say, Dad, it's just now daylight, come on, you know, and it drove me nuts. Hey, man, I, I, I still remember an old Christmas tree that we didn't have much money and I wanted to get the kids all we could. And we went and bought a, to get a Christmas tree and Candy and the kids are looking at these big old pretty Christmas trees and over there all by itself was this little Christmas tree that looked like it had been drugged all the way there. And I I asked the guy, how much you want for that one? And I just, we just didn't have no money. And I I said, what do you want for that one? And he said, that old tree? And I said, yeah, if if you turn it around just right, it, it looks full and, and beautiful, and you know that's how we are. We can we can put our best front forward. But how many y'all know, man? There's always some places missing in our life that we need to fill up. Amen. But I, the kids still talk about that Christmas tree more than any other Christmas tree. We made it special. We made it uh, a warm, special Christmas. When I heard Joe talking about those things. That come to mind. I, I like a lot of the stuff that used to be, that we don't have anymore. But but some of us do. Some of us gather it up. Amen. You know, while he was playing, something came to me. Because you go into a lot of Baptist churches, they don't want to raise their hands. But now it's turning back to that era that he's talking about. There's a, loo, not a, bat, a lot of new Baptists. That if you do something like, or if you don't wear a, a suit and tie Sunday morning, you're going to hell. And to me, that's being a Pharisee. Who was it in the Old Testament that dressed up? Amen. I'm not. I'm not saying that you're bad if you wear a tie. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't look down on me if I don't. Amen. Don't. Don't. Don't try to fit me into your box and I, and you know what I'm not going to try to fit you into mine amen. And, and and you know the Lord Jesus man he he traveled everywhere and I bet you sometimes he had to stop and he he had to take a possible bath amen <laughs> and, and sometimes he'd just dive all the way in and, and and you know what I love that that's real amen and I love this scripture it's it's Psalms 134. And it's a little bitty short scripture that a lot of people don't even, and I've shared it a lot of places. And this is not my text this morning. It's just something that came to me while Joe was playing. It says, Behold, bless the Lord. Do we ever think about blessing him? Most of the time it's us that wants blessings, amen. But this scripture says, Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Who by night stand in the house of the Lord. It's not nighttime right now, but we, this, this is the house of the Lord right now. We're anywhere two or more gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of it. So he's dwelling here, amen. And what's it say in verse 2? It says, Lift up your holy hands in the sanctuary. And what? Well, why do we do this? And bless the Lord. Do y'all realize what is, what is this right here? Nationally, anywhere in the world, if somebody does this, what do you automatically think of? Surrender. 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 So when we lift our hands up before the Lord, what we're doing is we're saying, Lord, I surrender all to you. And that blesses him. You know, if we do it for show, don't bless him. You're doing it for the wrong reason. And he said, "If you do things like that for the wrong reason, that your payment will what be here on earth." Amen. And so when we when we're in church, you know, sometimes you can get to thinking, well, "What will somebody think? What will they think if I raise my hands? They might think I'm I'm silly or something, or just wanting attention, or hey, look at me and how 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 blessed I am." Well, that's what I discovered. But when you get in the presence of the Lord, when He's playing that song, man, I, the first one it blessed me, and I just wanted to tell God, I, I love you, God. I surrender, and thank you for this time of getting to be with you, and you know. And when He played the other song, Oh How I Love Jesus, I don't know why, but every time I hear that song, it reminds me of cleaning toilet stools. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Oh, how I love Jesus. That was in my testimony, amen, when I was cleaning that toilet, amen. I guess that's how God makes me humble, but lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Zion. So when we give blessings, we receive blessings, amen. Well, if you got your Bible, turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 12. I love this this chapter uh I don't think there's any part of the Bible except I, that I don't like, except the cursing of Deuteronomy chapter 28. I many of y'all know that when we don't <coughs> we don't obey God or we don't we don't do what God's asked us to do. You know, we all want to think that we have the the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, and it's where it says you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country and. And blessed coming in, and blessed going out. You'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be on top, not on bottom. I mean it. It goes. It says your enemies will come at you from one direction, but they'll flee in seven. And I love that. What if you just got one enemy in front of you? Amen. He's got to split up. Amen. He's got to break up. You can break him up. But we always miss the first part of that, where it says, "If you'll follow my commands." If you'll pro- follow the principles that I've set before you, if you'll do what I tell you to do in this Bible, guess what? Blessings are going to overtake you. But if you get to past Deuteronomy, I think 14, it begins to talk about the curses. And you know what? There are like 56 curses. I don't remember exactly, so don't hold me to that. But there's there's like 14 or 13 or 14 verses of blessings by 54 or 56, somewhere around that, curses for disobedience. We like to read the blessings, amen. We like to read all about them. We don't like to read about the curses. And, and you know, I know that in my life, when I'm following him closely and I'm, and I'm involved in this word, one guy told me in prison one time, He said, Tony, as long as I'm doing this right here, everything that it tells me, as long as I'm studying it and I'm following it, he said, my life is on track. He said, man, I I still have problems. Things still happen. But he said, man, I'm able to handle them differently. I go to this for my, you know, instruction for where I go. You know, I was going to do a sermon today called uh, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, but uh, the more I tried to study, uh the more it's it just wasn't for this time. And I looked down at the Bible this morning and, and uh how many of y'all when how many y'all here preach? How many of y'all stand from church and minister or preach or 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 you preach wherever you're at? Well, you know, when you're setting up a word and you're bringing a word together, usually what you'll do is prior to that for a few days, you're studying and you're chewing on little bits of what God wants to you to bring through this word. And then sometimes you just realize that it's a word, but it's not for this certain time. And, and I was reading this morning and, and I opened the Bible and it fell on this passage. And I love this, this right here in verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul how many of y'all get discouraged sometimes in life how many of y'all get where man you you get something comes against you and it's not fair man there's things that have happened to me that is not fair but if I get all wound up in the in that it takes it away from me but I love the first part of this it says therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses would y'all pray with me real quick Father I just thank you for another opportunity Lord I know there are many out there who drive in them old trucks and many at home Lord that That get these CDs and they listen to them all across this nation and the world. Everywhere Gary sends them. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I pray, God, you just help us speak to those today. Help us, Lord, to witness to them. And Father, I pray, God, they're able to take this and apply it to their life. That they're not just hearers of the word, but Father, they become doers of your word. And Lord, we'll be careful. Give you the praise, the honor, and glory. Lord, I need your words. I need your instruction today. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, I know one thing. As a criminal, I know what it means to have a crowd of witnesses around.
2: <laughs>
3: Amen. I know what it means when, when I'm in trouble and there's, you know, if I'm going to do something wrong, I don't want to do it in front of witnesses. But that's not th- what this is talking about. This is talking about every day of your life, everything that you do, everywhere. Even when you think you're alone, there's a crowd of witnesses watching. Amen. You got spies in your bathroom. Amen. You got spies in your everyday life, man, and it's the Holy Spirit. And God knows what you're doing everywhere, but that, that I believe right here, it's more talking about the people not just the angels and not just God, not just all heaven, but people around you, everywhere you are, they see you every day. And you know what we like to do? We like to raise this banner and fry it. Man, I'm a Christian. We'll put the bumper stickers on the car, man. And, and and you know, on the other side of the bumper, it, it may say something vulgar. You know what I mean? Come on. I mean, it's, and one of the worst things about, uh, advertising you're a Christian is you're going to be held more accountable. Not not only by God, I mean, he's, you're going to be held accountable to him no matter what, but by other people. Do you know there's a lot of people out there in that world that is looking for a Christian to do something wrong so they can say, see there, I told you. You know, in prison there's a glass windows in the churches. Most of the churches have, the chapels have glass windows so everybody walking by can see what's happening. And there's nothing worse than going somewhere where everybody looks like they're winged on a dill pickle. Amen? I mean, they're sitting in church, and you can see they're looking at the clock, and they're going, man, how long do I have to endure this? I mean, there are times when I go into places, and I minister, and people, you can tell, they they hate being there. I went to a place in... in uh, Georgia, and there I never forget this church. It's a little Baptist church, and when I got there, the people were feeding, and they—you know how people are usually friendly. Oh, we're glad you come. They were looking at me like they was mad because I was there, <laughs> and and and, and I, I I said, I guess the line starts here, and the lady said, Yeah, sure does. Turned around, and walked off. And and then I scared to get the food. I thought, Oh Lord, what have they done to the food? You know, and and so I go on over and I I get my plate and I go and sit down and and I had a fellow with me, Tracy Couch. He came from Tulsa with me and 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 we he he sat across the table and he said, Is this the church, Tony? I said, It's supposed to be. And the pastor hadn't got there yet and he pulled up man and he comes straight over to me friendly guy full of love full of compassion just a really neat guy man and, and, the, and the first thing he said when he came up to me he said I'm glad you're here and then he said this he said is there any churches that needs a Baptist preacher in Oklahoma and, and I looked at Tracy and I said well I don't know I'm sure there is you just Used to have to look, but the warning bells went off, you know. And I'm telling you, while I was ministering there, they were angry at me. They were looking at their clock. They were they were frustrated. There was one woman there, and I just had to preach to her. She was my Hallelujah corner, and I and I and I was I was asking God, and it'll affect you. It will. It'll affect the way you minister. If you're not careful, you have to just ignore that and go on. And I, and I remember at the end of it, man, they were glad it was over. That lady came up for prayer, and I prayed for her. And I remember, man, telling the pastor when it was over, God bless your heart. He said, you think that was bad? He said, we had a guest speaker in here one time, and he died behind the pulpit. He fell dead. And, and I said, no kidding. He said, no kidding. He said, we called the ambulance. And the ambulance got here and carried 15 people out before they got the right one. <laughs> now, that's a dead church. Amen. <laughs> hey, but, you know, I believe with everything in my heart, man, as Christians, we're supposed to show the fruits of the Spirit. We're supposed to have love and joy in our heart. And, and, and you know, people are looking for Christians. If I'll never will forget, there was a, a guy that was a truck driver. And Candy is very, very uh, humble. They can do anything in the world, and Candy won't say nothing. And she turned around and looked at me, and she said, Oh, that guy flipped me off. And I had been trying to let him go around. I knew he was trying to get around, and and I didn't want to pull out in front of him, so I stayed over there, and he just stayed back there and stayed back there. And, and finally, I, I thought, well, he ain't gonna do it, so I'm gonna go on around, I mean, for the longest. And I never thought no more of it. I sped up so I wouldn't get him slow, and I pulled back over so he'd have plenty of room. And he got beside Candy, uh Later, I was passing him, and and he got beside Candy and flipped, flipped her, he, he pointed to heaven with that one finger. And, and I'm telling you, I lost it. And here, I mean, I'm trying to pull him over. I'm trying to stop him in that big truck, and I was just in that little Dodge Dooley. And guess what was on the back window?
0: <laughs>
3: Free in Christ ministries. All across that back window. Now, what did I do? Man, I just, I just showed my tail in front of God. And I done the exact thing that God didn't want me to do. And so I was ashamed. Now, if if you know Tony Mack, you know that drivers are my pet, and I'm getting gooder, amen. And that's a good word, it ain't is. it? I'm getting gooder and gooder, man, and and it's just a little bit a step at a time. But what I'm trying to tell you is, there's a there are also people watching you, trying to find something real. Amen. I never will forget. In prison, there was a man that. He's killed 11 men in the Department of Corrections in Oklahoma. Killed 11 men. A couple of them were self-defense. He told me the ones that he killed, he killed because he was afraid. If he didn't get them, they were going to get him. I know one that he, he beat so badly that he'll never be the same. He had brain concussion. And he was afraid that he was scheming on him, but it wasn't true. He wasn't scheming on him. I knew the guy. It was a mistake that this guy made, Jack is his name. And I won't give his last name, but he, he uh, I never will forget after I got saved and they moved me over to four Quad. And they, they give me the, I was the one that went around to each door and, told people, and got people to sign up for church. Well in prison and at a maximum security unit, they will only let 10 go to church at the same time. And I would cheat, I didn't count me. So I could at least get one more in there. There were always so many that wanted to go to church, and sometimes I had to talk them into it, but most of the times everybody wanted that Sunday morning wanted to go to church. And and I used to go by his house, and I never will forget somebody gave me a color coded Bible. Y'all seen those? They, they, the rainbow Bible, I think they call them. And and I loved my Bible, so I wasn't going to use it. They were just leaving, couldn't take it with them. Said, "Here, Tony, you can have this." And so one day I walked over to Jack, and I said, Jack, you been coming to church a little bit. I said, do you have a Bible? And he said, no. He said, I got a paper one that they gave me, but he said it, the words are too small. This one was a pretty good Bible. You could read it. And I said, well, here, I want to give you this. Not thinking much about it, just trying to minister to him. And, and when I it came my time to leave, uh, I never will forget I had signed my papers to go from maximum to medium security. I had been saved and living on this unit for maybe eight months at that time. And I was getting ready to leave, and I heard Jack in the bean hole. Now, y'all remember in my testimony, there's a little bean hole cut out. That's where they passed the beans in the cell. And it used to be they would keep all the bean holes open. They didn't lock any of them. Now they began begun to lock them all because a couple of officers got stabbed with a Knife on a broom, so they, they started locking them. But back then, they didn't. And I was getting ready to leave, and I was telling everybody bye. And Jack called me over to his beanhole, Big tears running down his face. I said, Brother, are you all right? He said, I'm scared death you're going to leave, leave before I do something. I said, What do you mean? He said, Tony, I've been watching you the whole time you've been here. He said, I've seen you do things on other yards that what you done, who you was before, the violence that I was a part of. And he said, Tony, I'm scared to death you're going to leave and I'm not going to ever change. He said, I want to ask Jesus into my heart, do you know how to help me do that? (laughs) I said, you bet. Now I'm crying, you know. And I kneeled down and led Jack to the Lord right there in that old bean hole. Jack, Changed his whole life around, man, and and later got out of prison. I haven't heard from him in a while, but it was a. It, it's just a testimony that people are watching, even when you think they're not. They're watching. There was one individual at a at a medical. Uh, I had left McAllister and was over at a place called called Jess Dunn and or James Crabtree Correctional Center, and 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 the guy. Uh, Came to me afterwards. I had just shared my testimony in the in the medical, and it was full of people. Cause when you get transferred, someone everyone has to go to medical, and and be you know evaluated. And so they were all angry. It was freezing outside, ice everywhere, and they were standing in medical. And, and it's a room about the quarter size of this, and it's jam packed full of people. And a guy asked me, Tony, how did you? How'd you get saved? I heard you were saved, and I said, You bet. So I shared my testimony in that little bitty room, and when I started, everybody was mad and fussing, but when I finished, you could hear a pin drop. And the door opened, and the lady called me in. And then a few weeks later, I was wondering, Is anybody getting it? Am I making a difference? And a gentleman came up to me in church. He said, Tony Mack, he said, I gotta talk to you. I said, What's going on? And he said, I was in medical that day, and he said, I know you don't know me. He said, I've heard about you, but... He said, I was standing in there when you began to give your testimony, and a look come over your face. And I remember when big tears rolled up in your eyes and fell. He said, my mama was a preacher, or a Christian, my whole life. She was so involved in church. She was always doing things, and she would drag me to church, and I was so embarrassed, I wouldn't even ask other friends to sleep over or anything because mama would always start in on us about Jesus. And he said, I seen the same look in your eyes that was once in my mama's, that mama had in her eyes. And he said, when I got out of medical that day, I run back to my dorm and I called mama and had her lead me to the Lord. I was so ashamed of what I'd done to her. There are people watching you and there are people that are listening to you. And sometimes you may never know the effect that you're having on somebody. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. How many of y'all know you, you, you know, you know sin. It doesn't have to be labeled. It doesn't have to be spelled out. Each one of us have something that we can give God. Each one of us has something that God is wanting to do in us and wanting us to let go of. Wanting us to abstain from. Some of these things have strongholds in our life. Amen. Minds with drivers. Amen. <laughs> I, I know that it is. And, and that's the place. It gets my gold more than anything else. And there's some other strongholds that each one of us have every day. There, it may be something personal. Uh, it may be something God's wanting you to turn loose of. And I'm telling you. He died and he paid a price. He took him who knew no sin became sin for us. There's only one perfect God. Now think about that. If we were perfect, how would we look at other people? We're human. We want people to be as good as us. And we're embarrassed when they're better than us. We get jealous of them if they if they're better than us or do more than us. And, and listen to me, that's not what God wants of us. He wants us to love one another, Amen. Like He loves us. And there ain't no there ain't no kind of love like the love the Father gives us. But you know what? We are a jealous people. We are we are a spoiled people in America, especially. We have so much, and we've got so much going on, man. That we sin and we don't even know it. You know, when you look at somebody, when they come into church and they may not have had a bath, maybe they just had a possible, <laughs> and they come in and they sit next to you and you can smell them, you automatically don't like them. You automatically, if they don't look this right to you, or maybe they have dandruff that's leaking down on their shoulders, or you'll pick them to pieces. You'll start looking at them and pick them to pieces. And you know what the Lord just wants us to over to bypass all that and look at them like He looks at them with love, with compassion. And you know what, man, that we are in a race. We're in a race, but it's not a race that we hurry through. The race we're in is it it, it teaches us endurance. Cuz for some of us, it's a very long age. Amen? Look, we've got some older folks here. For some of us, it's a very, very long age race. Some of us race through this thing without any hair. Amen? Looking at Gary, man, he's just shining. Amen? Hallelujah, but it's not. We, we get to thinking, I've got to get there first. That's our mentality, but that's not what he's talking about. In this race, man, we race a race where we show... The Christian principles and the fruits of the Spirit in our life everywhere we go. This race is that you're, you're on a clock. You're on a personal clock. You don't have to finish before Joe. You don't have to finish before Tony. But you're going to finish one day. Amen. And then everybody's going to look back at you and say, how did you race? How, would, how did you endure the race? was you somebody that you'd you you did not care if if you you were at your funeral would you would there be people that you really wouldn't want to talk to you about you would you would there pe- be people in your life you'd say boy I don't want him saying nothing about me and we'll fix it is there things that people would say about you that you wouldn't want said is there people is there things people could say about you but probably wouldn't I mean, all of us have it. Every one of us have those things. But what I'm trying to tell you is Jesus, man, wants us to remove all that from our from our life so that people can watch you in your race and get saved. It's for salvation. That's what we live for. Man, when I was in prison, there were so many people that were watching me all the time. I had the staff watching me thinking he's not real. He's, he's too bad. He's mean. He'll never change in his life. Man, some of them even gave testimony when they seen the change. I've seen officers that come to my cell, and before I wouldn't let them in my cell unless they were shaking me down. Or I'd tell them, kick rocks, man. You're not my friend. I don't want nothing to do with you. And after I got saved, I didn't care what anybody thought. Come on in. What can I do? How can I help you? And so many officers, man, would come by. And it's not something they're supposed to do. But they would come by and say, Tony, I I need prayer. You know why they would ask me for prayer? You know why? Because they see me being as real as I could be. My life is so transparent. I learned that in prison. You can't even use a bathroom in there without somebody watching. You go to the shower, they're watching. There is no time in your life, man. I mean, you sometimes have a little bit of alone time in your cell, but at any moment somebody could walk in or walk up. When you're out on the, on the ball field, I used to go find a place that I could go and be alone. And guys got to learning. They had to be a real close friend to walk up to me. And, and I wouldn't be rude to them. I'd just tell them, man, if you need prayer, if you need something right now, I'm there for you. But, man, I really need to study. I need this alone time with God. In prison you don't have that. You're you're out there on Front Street everywhere you're at. And so I learned that in prison I'm transparent. Out here, man, there you can go days without anybody knowing anything about you. It's easy to hide things in your life, man, when when you know and 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 I get that. I understand that. But you know what? There's a witness that watches night and day. There's a witness that's always with us. He knows what you do. He knows the the, the things of your heart. And so I, I, you know, that God, give me this this morning. You know, why does it ensnare us? Ensnared, man. When you snare a a, a rabbit or something, you're doing it to eat it, man. He, that's what's that's what he's saying is Satan's trying to devour you. He's got a trap set to you. He's trying to snare you. You go to Ephesians chapter uh, 6 and, and verse 11, and, and it talks about put on the whole armor of God so you be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the traps, the trickery, the treachery, the snares. He's trying to ensnare you. you. know It's not of God if you're selfish. It's not of God if you've got hate in your heart. It's not of God if you harbor and even feed unforgiveness. How many of y'all have been wronged by somebody? You don't have to raise your hand. Have been wronged by somebody that it's hard for you to get over that. And man, you think about it and you wish ill of that person. And it's easy to get have done. And that's the snares that he's talking about. Lust. We can be ensnared by lust. We can be ensnared by worldly goods. Man, there's no bigger prison than wanting what everybody else has. There's no bigger prison than you know than being addicted to shopping or, or or buying stuff, and I know you men don't have that problem, but a lot of women do. Us men, we like toys. Amen. We like our Harleys and our and our and our you know horses and everything else. That's my problem. I've gotta have gotta back off on my horses. I don't even have time to ride them anymore. So so those things, uh, you know, and, and it's very very. I know that if you're out there riding driving down the road in a truck. Some of you have never accepted Christ in your heart. And don't think that this doesn't apply to you because you're not a Christian. Because, because God wants everyone to be saved. He said, he said that he wants all of us. He wouldn't want any of us to perish, not even one. And so your instruction if you've never been saved is get saved, get in the race, your race. There's a lot of people out there that may not get saved if you don't get saved. There are people out there that only you can lead to the Lord. If you're not saved yet, you're wasting time. I'll tell you like a little ball-headed preacher told me. You're wasting time. God's going to get you. And he said, why not now? You know, I used to think it would be boring to be a Christian. I really did. I thought, man, who... Christians don't have fun. That'd be so bored. that's such a boring life. No drinking, no drugs, none of that stuff, no running wild and man, I've never had more fun. I've never had more fun. I get to meet people that I'm gonna know forever. Man, there's a peace of laying down at night when you know the cops ain't gonna be banging down your door cause you've done something wrong. There's a piece of not having an addiction so overwhelming that you can't say no to it. You know that that addiction. I promise you, God won't take away the temptation. I do not believe He will, because in this world, the Bible says, in this world, you're going to have t- temptation. You're going to have trials. You're going to But He said, "Be of good cheer. He's overcome the world." Preachers sometimes get up and talks about, uh, you know how. How God will take the temptation away. He'll make everything a bed of roses. And that's not what I'm talking about. There's still going to be things in your life that happen. But when you've got Jesus, you've got somebody that walks beside you like a mighty warrior. Amen. He's inside of us. He's beside us. He's everywhere around us. He's our witnesses. He's never going to let you down. And I just thank you all for listening to me today. I, I, I know that that my my God paid a price for my my sins. It was a debt that I could not pay. no, No money, no means, nobody could step in for me but Jesus. And he went to that cross with me on his mind. He went to that cross with each one of you on his mind. And I know that you're out there and you're driving that truck or you're home and you're listening to this message and you're saying, man, I have no hope. My world's been turned upside down. All my life, I've failed. Everything that seems like I've touched has turned upside down or failed. And oh, how I'd like to just win one time. Well, I can tell you how to win. I can tell you how you get in a race and you're going to win. And that's follow Jesus. You follow him and he'll take you to the checkered flag. And you'll be the first one across in your life for him. And you can look back on your life and you can say, wow, man, look at the change." I have many, many mile markers in my life of things that have happened. And it's good to go back now every now and then and see what God has done or where he's blessed you. And If you'll do that, man, God'll God'll bless your socks off, amen. He'll bless your socks off, man. Sometimes I just get to crying when I think of all He's done, man. I've got to be the Senate pastor. I got to hang out with the Oklahoma Sooners for a little while, amen, and shake the quarterback's hand and uh, and take a picture with him and 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 be with all the senators and the congressmen and the, and the governor and. I mean, all that stuff, man, is, is awesome, but you know what I, I love more than anything is those alone times with God, where God is just filling you up. Why do you think Jesus went to the garden so many times? Well, Jesus went to that garden for us, man, and for him, to prayer. You know, there were times Jesus had to get away from the crowd. He had to get away. That little trailer that I have got parked up there, that's our garden, Amen. That's our garden. And I I don't know this. I haven't got to study it out real well. But you know Psalms 23 when it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It was not the valley he was afraid of. It was the shadow. Something in the shadow. You know where Gethsemane was? Gethsemane was a valley right beside the mountain of the skull. And you know the skull itself is only like 20 something feet high. It's not very big. But the mountain it sits on is large. And it's west of the garden. So when that old sun was setting in the evening. That old cross was up there. The shadow was falling down on. Gethsemane. Right where he prayed. The night before, that when they captured him. So many times he went to the garden to pray. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I think David was prophesying right there. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. Isn't that awesome, the still waters? I love it, and that's where you go get it, in the garden, in your prayer closet, in your time of being alone. Guys, I know, kind of rambled on, but I believe that God gave me this for someone. If you're driving down the road and your life is upside down and you just need to surrender, you just need to surrender your heart to Jesus and and begin to study his word. You know, if you get saved, that's just the first part of it. Salvation without knowing who your Savior is and, and the principles of the Bible is an empty, empty road. But when you start filling it up with Jesus, man, it's a, it's a road that will bless you every day of your life. You'll, you'll find blessings in the hardest circumstance, even in death, losing a loved one. You'll still have somebody there we will help you through it you won't be alone anymore i've got so many christian friends i thank god for gary he has opened so many doors for this ministry to go to and minister through that without him and what he's doing what god had set for him this would never happen gary's got a awesome awesome ministry he reaches out to people and gary's never cared it's never been about gary it's always been about getting people saved. It's always been about you guys. He loves you guys. God's giving that love for you. And he, and he wants you to, to just sell your heart out to Jesus. That's what this whole city is about. And you know, and it's not about money. It's not about anything else. It's just about your salvation. Where are you going to spend eternity? And Gary and me and Joe, we all want you to spend it with us in in heaven. We're going to be there. Amen. One day we're going to cross that old threshold and we're going to be in heaven. We're going to see all of our relatives and our friends that have went on before us. And you know what? We're going to be young. Gary's going to have hair. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And, and, and maybe Jesus will make me grow mine back. Amen. My wife doesn't like my flat top. I love it. But she... She don't like it, but I want to tell you, we have joy now in Jesus, and if you want that joy, it's a very simple prayer. It's not the prayer that saves you. It's your heart. It's not the words that we're getting ready to say. This is just a, a moment of surrender that you can look back on. You're going to have a, a point where you say, that's where it happened in that old Peterbilt or that Mac or... International, whatever you're driving, you're going to look back and you're going to say, hey, man, that's that point. And that old truck going down, I whatever, you're going to say, I got saved right then, right there. And, and just bow with me and pray this prayer with me. If you're driving down the road, please don't bow. <laughs> please don't close your eyes. Just, just say this prayer with me. Father, here I am, a sinner, Lord. I messed everything in my life up. But Lord Jesus, I know you can fix it. And I just ask you, Lord, to take my life, whatever there is left. Lord, I'll serve you with my whole heart. Forgive me for my sins. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Father, if thank you, Lord, that you're going to begin to store the word in my heart, Lord. Help me have the hunger and and put aside the time, Father, for you alone. In Christ's name, amen. I want, want, you know, I know that if you're out there driving that truck, you can write in to Gary. He's going to give you all that information on this CD. It's awesome that I got to see Joe. He's He's, uh, he came up. We're getting ready to do some things together in uh, Tennessee, I think, and in, in Mississippi and other places. And I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, we're going to have a great time. And and I uh, got to go with Gary down uh, to Kentucky, man, a little town called Clifty, Kentucky. And we had a ball down there together. It was such a joy just to hang out with each other and, and minister like that. And. You know, used to be I'd have friends I'd go bar hopping with, or we'd go do bad things together, and and, and man, there was always a guilt that came behind it. But now, man, I, when you leave and you part company, it's like man, you got the job done. You went there and you worked and you got the job done, and there's such a peace and such a uh, time of refreshment that comes with that. And uh, and I just thank you, Gary, for your heart, man. And, and with with every good man, there's a good woman behind them, and. And uh, you all never hear about Linda, but bless her heart, she works real closely here with Gary, and she does the job, and she's a a neat person. Danny's sitting here at the upper room, and man, last time I come to town, I had a light problem with my trailer and and called uh, Kenny Rager and said, man, Kenny, who can I find over here to help me with with these lights? And he said, man, let me call Danny. And Danny said, you come over here, don't go nowhere else. And he wouldn't even let me pay him any. Thing for it, he had to buy parts and everything else, and the knucklehead wouldn't let me pay him nothing for it. And I mean, I mean, that's Christians. That's that's what it's all about. All of us helping each other and doing things. And so, you know, I I I guess we'll close now and we'll do the do the prayer requests. But truckers, hang on, man, just just get involved. Give old Gary a call if this tape's blessed you. Give him a call. And, uh, I know that many of you give them all the time and you think you'd be bothering, man, just jot, jot down what it means to you on a, on a little letter and send it in to him. You would not believe how many times he, you know, when he gets letters, he loves those things, and he puts them in the old mailbag in the newsletter when they come in. And, and so uh, don't be afraid. We need that encouragement. We need to know that's a part of us. That we, it's not something we have to have, but it's pretty often when we, see that we're touching somebody's life. So take the time to do that. God bless you all.
1: Hey friends, if you prayed that prayer with Tony Mack, then give us a call right now at 618-383-2107 as we close today's program with my testimony in song. And this is Dennis McKay to sing it for you at the foot of the tree.
0: Life lost without hope 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road in my hand was a track the preacher had read his words still echoing in the back of my head i felt so ashamed when i thought of my past Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost, I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.